Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Tuesday. Today we are talking to Vince Ellison. He is a conservative who is pushing back against the lies of the Democrat Party as they have been fed perpetually over the past several decades, specifically to Black Americans. He argues that Democrat policies and the ideology that is being pushed by the Democrat Party has actually destroyed the Black community in America and how it has infiltrated Black theology and what is typically referred to as the Black Church has only been detrimental to Black Americans. So we are going to talk about the details of the problems that he sees Black America facing. He is going to give us some very strong recommendations for how we should be thinking about this, what we should be doing about this politically. I know you're going to enjoy this. He is very bold. He is extremely insightful. He's very knowledgeable about this subject. I know that you're going to love his passion. Uh, Before we get started, this episode, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to goodranchers.com slash Allie. That's goodranchers.com slash Allie. Before we get into that conversation, a couple things that I want to say. First, I don't know the last time that you guys have read. This has nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about with our guest, but I've been wanting to share this with you guys. So I don't know the last time that you have read The Chronicles of Narnia or Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So I'm reading that right now with my toddler. It's not like a picture book. It's not like a, you know a young kid's version. We're just We're just reading it, and I don't know how much she's retaining, but she is paying attention, and I hope that some of it is soaking in. Last night... I was reading about the part, and I'm sorry if it's spoilers. If you haven't read it, this is going to be a little bit of a spoiler. Highly recommend that you read it and read it again if you haven't read it and read it with your kids no matter how old they are because it's such a beautiful picture of the gospel. So I was reading the part where Aslan was voluntarily uh, walking to be sacrificed, and I'm reading as the uh, minions of the White Witch are taking him down and torturing him and kicking him, and he is just laying there peacefully, and Lucy and Susan, they're crying, and they're wondering what's happening, and of course, he is executed by the White Witch, and I was thinking this whole time, he's doing this for Edmund. He's doing this for this traitor, the kid in the story who the whole time you don't like, not just because he betrayed his own family. He did the worst thing that you can possibly think of, but also because he was just kind of like the snotty brat in the character that no one likes. And you kind of find yourself thinking throughout the book, I'm so glad that I'm not like that. I'm so glad that that's not my personality. I would never do something like that. I would never say something like that. And why can't he just be good? Like Peter and Susan and Lucy, why can't he just see what is true? Why did he allow himself to be deceptive? Why is he so spiteful? And then you're watching Aslan sacrifice himself for Edmund. And then you realize, as I I was realizing, I'm sure I've realized this before because I've read this book several times, but I could barely hold it together reading this part out loud. I realized that we are Edmund. We are Edmund. We are the... Um, seemingly unlovable, the very undeserving people that Christ voluntarily and peacefully and submissively sacrificed himself for. Throughout the book, you hate Edmund. You don't like Edmund. You just want him to change. In the end, you realize that we 
are Edmund and that Christ died for us. And man, you don't think that you can get that much out of a children's book. You don't think that it's going to bring the kind of emotions that it does, but that's what the gospel does. That's what the gospel does. Have you ever been singing a song on Sunday morning and it just, you don't even know, you don't even see it coming and you just get that lump in your throat and you get those, that uh, the tears in your eyes as you just realize the beautiful simplicity and the wonder and the miraculousness of the gospel. That's how I felt last night when I literally could not hold it together reading this what is supposed to be a children's book to my child. I just love, I love how the Holy Spirit hits you with the truth of the gospel that you've heard a million times at the times that you really least expect it and renew your gratitude, renew your gratitude for what Christ has done for you and renews your humility about where you actually stand before God um, without Christ. So I just wanted to make sure that I told you that as a form of encouragement, um, also just as a reminder to you about how beautiful the gospel is, and also as an encouragement to read Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe if you haven't already. I wanted to mention that because since this is not necessarily a theological episode and we don't have time to bring everything talked about back into scripture as I like to do, I wanted to I wanted to start off um, on that transcendent note before we get into kind of the muck and the mire of politics and um, the problems that are, unfortunately, according to our guest, really um, troubling this community, the community of Black Americans that he, of course, um, is a part of. And before we get into before we get into the actual conversation, I did want to kick us off and set up some context for uh, one troubling statistic that I saw recently that I that I really think speaks to a lot of the issues that um, he is talking about facing Black Americans. And I was just stunned by this when I saw it on Twitter. So this is a tweet by Ryan James Skrdusky, and he is quote tweeting um, new statistics that were published by San Francisco Public Schools that were comparing white, Asian, African-American, and of course it says Latinx or Latinx, Latino, Hispanic students um, when it comes to enrollment, when it comes to um, absence, when it comes to suspensions, when it comes to ready for kindergarten, math performance, reading proficiency, and really the comparisons are really, really troubling. So according to this, 63% of black kids are chronically absent. That's worse than any other demographic here versus only 8% of Asian kids. 15% of black kids are ready for high school versus 71% of Asian kids. 28%, only 28% are reading proficient versus 70% of Asian kids and 85% of white kids. So some of the biggest gaps that we see aren't actually between white students and black students, which is the only disparity that we're ever told that we have to, that we're supposed to focus on, but actually between Asian students and black students. I do not think that it is a coincidence. The fatherlessness rate is also the lowest among Asian Americans, lower than among white Americans, lower than among Hispanic Americans. Of course, the fatherlessness rate is highest among Black Americans. We're told that this is all because of systemic racism. This is all because of uh, discrimination. Even in San Francisco, one of the most progressive and uh, Democrat-dominated areas in the country, we're told this is because of structural oppression that Black Americans are facing. But the question is, is that really true? Is that the cause of Um, the disparities and the struggles and the true oppression 
that Black Americans have experienced and are experiencing today. My guest today would say no. He would say that it's something else that is causing these problems. Before we get into the conversation with him, let me just pause and tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is GenuCell. So GenuCell is a skincare line. They've sold over a million products to women and men across the country. Everyone falls in love with the results, fine lines, forehead wrinkles, dark spots, sagging jawline, whatever it is, the annoying bags or puffiness under your eyes, they are gone without risky procedures using GenuCell's immediate effects. They've got guaranteed results in as little as 12 hours or your money back. That's a really good guarantee. See the difference for yourself with 65% off their most popular packages at GenuCell.com. Order the GenuCell most popular package and save an extra 10% at checkout. Visit GenuCell.com slash Allie. Be sure to enter code Allie at checkout for an extra special discount. Order today and get their summer essential, the dark spot corrector, absolutely free. Go to GenuCell.com slash Allie, G-E-N-U-C-E. El.com slash Allie. Mr. Allison, thanks so much for joining us. First, to start off, can you tell us who you are and what you do? Uh, yes, my name is Vince Everett Ellison. Um, I'm a writer. I'm a lecturer. Uh, I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee, and my father was a sharecropper. Um, he pulled us out of poverty by hard work, believing in God, and uh, we started a um, gospel singing group when I was a boy called the Ellison family. We went around singing gospel music all over the South and all over the Eastern part of the United States of America, praising God and in, in, in most black churches around the area. That's where I got my knowledge of the black church. After that, I went into college, went to Memphis State University and um, started working in the prison system after that. And working in the prison system is when I saw that we had not overcome. I saw that we had actually gone backwards as black people and I wanted to find out why. So uh, I I quit my job after five years. I went into the black community to find out what was going on. And of course, the black intelligentsia told me that it was the evil, rich, white, conservative Republicans that were keeping black people down. Hmm. So when I went into the ghettos to find out what was going on there, something interesting happened. I saw no evil, rich, white Republicans anywhere. Hmm. You see a leprechaun before you saw one. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I saw uh, these three entities making a lot of money off of the chaos. The black preacher the black politician, the black civic organizer. I called them the Iron Triangle, and I wrote my first book exposing them to the country. And in my second book, I wrote 25 Lies on the Democrat Party, uh, uh, Lies to America, the 25 most seductive, damnable lies. And uh, I showed how the, 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 the black preacher, the black politician, the black civic organizer was just conduit between the rich white liberals and the Democrat Party, the black community. Their job was to get the black vote. That was it for the, for the Democrat Party. Hook up mm-hmm. by crook. It didn't matter. So that's what they've been doing. That's what I've been exposing. That's what I've been talking about. And 25 Lies says explicitly that the Democratic Party is the evilest institution in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. Murder, oh, rape, you name it, they've done it. Tell us a little bit more before we get into more detail about your description of the Democrat Party. Tell us a little bit more about your observation that black Americans had gone backwards. Is that an opinion you still hold today? And what do you mean by that? Yeah, if you look closely at the black community now, uh, every institution that we had before the civil rights movement, family, economy, religion, church, education have been destroyed. Uh, the black uh, school, the bl- black education system destroyed, the black family destroyed, um, the, 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 black, the black economy destroyed. 
um, the black churches become an apostate church controlled by a bunch of um, uh, um, they call it black liber- black liberation theology mm-hmm. uh, preachers who only talk about prosperity gospel. But Jesus said that a tree will be known by the fruit it bear. He said, how will you know the false prophets? He said, you'll know them by their fruit. Not by their works, not by what they say, but by what they produce. And if you look at the black community in every metric, except one, and that, and that is electing black liberal politicians, black people have gone backwards. And Democrats are proud of it. Uh, they're not trying to do anything to change it. They fight against school choice. Uh, this last, um, uh, this is, uh, when they got in, the first thing they did was took the work requirement uh, out of welfare. So you don't have to work now in order to get any type of benefits from from the government, which has made the people uh, black, uh, you know, slaves to the Democrat plantation again. Uh, they destroyed the black family. They're not trying to. They fought the welfare reform that tried to build the black family. They fight um, uh, uh, against um, uh, any type, any type of re- religious liberty. Matter of fact, they tried to pass a law to uh, uh, um, require churches to put LGBTQ bathrooms in them to make them do LGBTQ uh, uh, weddings. So the Democratic Party, from 1800 it was the uh, to 1860, it was the party of slavery. From 1860 to 1865, it was the party of the Confederacy. From 1865 to 1965, it was the party of Jim Crow. And now it's the party of abortion, atheism, lawlessness, uh, extra constitutionalism, uh, and basically murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have surmised and I've counted up that since their inception in 1800, they've killed over 100 million. Americans, 60 million of them black, and they're proud of it. They haven't changed a thing. They are still an evil institution, same as they were in 1800. The Nazis came over here in 1920 to consult with the Democrat Party about the Nuremberg Laws because the Democrats had done to black people exactly what the Nazis wanted to do to the Jews, and they wanted to find out how to do it properly. So they are an evil institution, and they haven't changed a bit. And you know that by looking at what they've created in the black community, and they want to spread it all over this nation. Yes. Well, certainly there is a connection between Margaret Sanger and the eugenicist movement of the early 20th century. She was the founder of Planned Parenthood. And of course, she had what she called, as you know, the Negro Project. She said she didn't want the word to get out, that she wanted to exterminate the Negro population. And man, that is still going on to this day. There is a wildly disproportionate rate of abortion among black women, and that is being perpetuated by Planned Parenthood, which is funded by the Democrat Party. So certainly I do think that there is that common thread that we see today. Oh, no doubt. Uh, It started in the civil rights movement. Um, I was wondering why Kaepernick and uh, all the athletes started kneeling, you know, in in 2018. I was confused about it because I mean, here, here they are. These guys are rich. They're, they're all good looking men. White people love them. Black people love them. And I was wondering why they were kneeling. And, you know, I, the great the great writer Thomas Wolfe said, you see a thing a thousand times before you see it once. So I went to the Lorraine Motel in Memphis during that time. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's where Dr. King was assassinated, but they made it a civil rights museum. And in that civil rights museum, they were looping his speech. I have a dream. And of course, I've heard that dream a thousand times, just like you. And it's a very, very good speech. And King rocks his speech. But I heard something this time in this speech that I had not paid attention to. And I said, that, this is the poison pill. Dr. King said 100 years after the Emancipation Proclamation, the Negro is still not free. Mm. That is a lie. I was born free. My freedom was given to me by God. Uh, he said that we come here 
to government to cast a promissory note that guarantees us our unalienable rights. That is a lie. My unalienable rights come from God, not government. John Locke says that they are irreversible, non-transferable, and unsellable. He then doubled down on it when he told us to apologize and be ashamed of the color of our skin. When he said that I have a dream that one day my four little children will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now, I don't have a problem with being judged by the content of my character, but what's wrong with the color of my skin? There's nothing wrong with the color of my skin. You don't want to be judged by something that you're ashamed of. So if a, I, I remember one time I picked up a doctor. Uh, his car had broken down on the side of the road. I picked him up. He was a friend of mine. And the, the night before, I'd had a road trip with my children. Car was just junk. I mean, I have a Cadillac Escalade, beautiful car, but my children had just destroyed it, and I hadn't cleaned it up yet. I said, Doc, please don't judge me by how my car looks today. I'm sorry that it looks this way. I'm apologizing because I'm ashamed of it. He told us to apologize and be ashamed of the color of our skin. It started a, a retro reaction in black America, and we started going backward. And then he said at the end of this speech, on some great day after all this stuff has happened, we'll be free at last, free at last. We were already free. But he told us that we were not. Hmm. And it caused us to believe that we had to go to white America and to government to ask for our freedom. And this is the poison pill that's been swallowed by black America and it put white America into a state of condemnation and paternalism, where it made white America believe that they were somehow responsible for my freedom. Kaepernick said he's oppressed. Al Sharpton says he's hunted. LeBron James says he's afraid. Well, I stand here as a black man. I'm not oppressed. I am not being hunted. And I sure ain't scared of nobody. So they stick in my nostril. And I have nothing for them except contempt. And we're taking them on. And this book exposes them. All right, quick pause to tell you about our second sponsor for the day. That is Annie's Kit Clubs. Summer is almost over, but you still got a few weeks left. You want to make sure that your kids, when they're spending their time indoors, that they're still spending their time wisely and productively, still working their brain rather than just sitting them in front of a screen. You need Annie's Kit Clubs. Every month, they'll send a new shipment with all the special supplies and instructions that your kids need to make a fun craft project. From woodworking kits or STEM subjects or jewelry making, they've got lots of hands-on crafts that your kids will love. They make it easy to keep your kids engaged and constructive even when school is out. They've also got a creative women's club. So if you're a crafty person or you want to be, you can also subscribe. They'll send you a box of uh, a project with all the instructions and tools that you need every month. All subscriptions are month to month. You can cancel at any time. It's a really great deal. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. Get your first month 75% off. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. annieskitclubs.com slash Allie. I'm curious to hear a little bit more about the role that you believe that the black church plays here. You mentioned that you grew up in the black church. You're very familiar with that. And the black church is very, as you know, political, that they will often not just say, hey, we need to vote, but actually explicitly say we need to vote Democrat. We need to vote for this particular candidate. They will bring candidates in to their churches endorse them. And of course, uh, white evangelical churches are criticized for being too patriotic, for having too many American flags, or for talking about Trump. But the black church is traditionally extremely political. If everything that you're saying is true, how Democrats really have been a tool of oppression for black Americans, why do you think so much of the black church seems to be on board with it and really encouraging the really hegemony that Democrats have over these communities? 
the black church, and of course you and I both know there's no such thing as the black church. It's one church, Church of Jesus Christ. The black church itself was set up by the slave masters of the South to keep black people under control. And the black preacher was his tool. He was taught by him. Martin Luther King was part of that. Matter of fact, uh, after the Montgomery bus boycott, Stanley Levinson, the number one communist in America, uh, met with Martin Luther King Jr. And he, they, they, they all started funding the civil rights movement and they gave Dr. King an order. And they told him to start to take over the National Baptist Convention. It was a 10 million strong black, black membership. King and his crew tried to take it over and they failed. Matter of fact, they got to fighting on the floor at the, at the National Baptist Convention in 1961 and they killed a preacher trying to take over the convention. King was excommunicated from the black church for doing that. Listen to me now. Martin Luther King Jr. was excommunicated from the black church for doing this. So King and a group of his, uh, of, of his compatriots started another branch of the church and they called that, that part the Progressive National Baptist Convention. Look it up. Hmm. That's the part of the black church that Raphael Warnock is a part of. Mm -hmm. The Progressive National Baptist Convention. It's all politics. It's an apostate religion. They started this, this, this black liberation theology that said that Jesus didn't like white people because he would have identified with black people because he was oppressed and he was despised. This church tells us that we are a despised race, that we are, 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 are discriminated against, that we are hated. Yeah. And it has spread through most of the black church. So these black preachers right now, any black preacher, and I'm going to say this to you definitively, any black preacher that supports the Democrat Party is an apostate. He is a false prophet. He is a liar. And he is a hypocrite. He supports abortion. He supports same-sex marriage. He supports taking God out of the public square and out of public education. He supports the destruction of family. That means he is an apostate. And the condition of black America verifies what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Look at the condition of the people. If we, if they were right, we would be on the top of everything in America. The Jewish people are doing well. The people from India are doing well. The people from Asian, Asian uh, 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 are doing well. Nigerians come over here. And in one generation, they are the most prosperous immigrant group in America. And they are dark-skinned black. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with being a minority. It has everything to do with being taught. Everything that is against the faith and against the capitalistic concepts of America. It's like you go into a doctor. You say, doctor, I got high blood pressure. What do you want to do for me? He said, eat swine. Don't exercise. Eat a lot of salt. And lay on the couch all day and you'll be fine. You get worse. You come back. A year later, you're worse off. He says, continue what, doing what I'm telling you to, you to do. <laughs> Either he is a, 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 a liar and he's trying to kill you, or he's completely incompetent. Either way, he doesn't deserve to be your doctor. You look at the black community right now. They should be fighting for school choice because these schools are so terrible. Mm -hmm. They should be fighting to put the black family back together because family breakdown is the cause of all of this destruction in the country. They should be fighting to secure that border, to keep the fentanyl and the drugs out and the human trafficking. They should be fighting to arm black men because if you're being hunted, if you're being oppressed, if you're being afraid, this is what they say you should do. You should give up your gun. Now, why don't you just be expeditious and blow your own brains out? <laughs> it's ridiculous. The whole thing is absolutely positively insane. And worst of all, they want white America to live in condemnation. This is what I'll tell your viewers right now. The next time one of them come up to you, and tell you 
that I want that you are the cause of my suffering. You're the cause of all my problems. You're the reason why we're at the bottom. You tell them you are a slave looking for a master. Hmm. And I refuse to be your master. If you want a master, go to the Democratic Party because they are masters looking for slaves. I will help you become a free man as I am a free man. I will help you exercise your freedom like I exercise mine. If you need a job, I help you find one. If you need education, I help you get one. If you need a good preacher, I help you find one. Short of that, if you come to try to take something from me or hurt me or mine, I got two things that'll get you off of me. <laughs> Jesus Christ and my 38. Come try me. Tell me a little bit more about how you mentioned the prosperity gospel earlier. We've talked about both yeah. the prosperity gospel and liberation theology, James Cone, the problem with all yeah. of that, that has really seeped yeah. into the church at, at, at large. Um, tell me a little bit more about how you believe that the prosperity gospel has dominated what is typically known as the black church, although you're right, there is just one church, but churches that are predominantly filled with black Americans. Where do you think that plays a negative role here? Well, we, 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 we all know that the Christian religion teaches you that Jesus Christ will give you peace that transcends all understanding. When you're after money, when you're after possessions, you're actually after peace. You're after mm. security. Mm. You're after trying to make yourself feel like nothing can happen to me. I can pay my bills. I can feed myself. I can clothe myself. Jesus Christ said, I'll do all of that for you. He said, he'll do it. So now you have these people in the prosperity gospel telling you, no, 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 man will do it. And because of that, we have an apostate religion. Hmm. And what do you say to those who identify as Christian Democrats, or there's a lot of Christians, Christian influencers, Christian authors, that they say that they're apolitical, or maybe even they say they're theologically conservative. But when it comes to the issue of what they would call social justice, racial justice, police brutality, they say, oh, I have to vote Democrat for these issues. They would say, I'm, you know, I'm pro-life, but I have to vote Democrat because they are the party that's helping us in those areas. What's your response to that? The, the, the great C.S. Lewis said that uh, people will use Christianity as a means to an end, even mm -hmm. uh, as a, a means in, uh, to an end to social justice. Yeah, screw he tape said, letters. That's right. He said that the enemy, which, you know, God, will not be used as a convenience. Mm -hmm. He said you, he will not allow you to use him to get something of value on earth. He wants a relationship with you, just like a father wants a relationship with his child or a mother. You don't want your child coming to you because they want money or because they want a new car, or because they want a house. You want them to come to be with you because they love you and you love them. And as you talk and as you see what they need, you will provide it because you love them and they love you. They have made this thing artificial. They've told people to come to God for social justice, to come to God for money, to come to God uh, uh, for a house. No, you come to him because you love him. You come to him because he's your father. You come to him because you want to spend time with him. It's like when you, you know, Christmas time, you get in your car and you drive 10 hours just to sit down with your mom and your daddy. Just because you love him. Now, I don't want nothing from you. I just want to see you. I just want to spend time with you. That's the relationship that he wants with his children. And then because of that relationship, everything you need, he'll get to you. He'll give to you. See, they, they miss out on that. They don't want to have the relationship. They just want the stuff. They want you to believe that God will give you the stuff. And you're, and, and, and it's a cynical way. It's, uh, it's, 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 it's like a pimp and a prostitute. And God won't be used as a convenience. And all these people now, they're just, they're just prostitutes. They're lying to the people. Jesus Christ came 
he really, really scolded the Pharisees and the Sadducees because they had led the people wrong. And what did they do? They went to the government to have him killed. These preachers go to the government for everything they want. It is a lie. Jesus will provide everything. And no matter how many, how, how often good Christians tell you that, my daddy will tell you that, my brothers and sisters will tell you that, I'm sure you'll sell the same thing to people. They don't want to believe it because they have the preacher who has so much authority in the black community tell them something absolutely, positively different. And this is why he has such a visceral effect on me. And this is why I wrote in my book that the black pastor is the, is, is, the, is the crookedest occupation in America right now. My father told me, he, he was a gospel music DJ for 28 years in Brownsville, Tennessee. When I decided to uh, run for Congress in 2000 against Jim Clyburn, he said, Vince, let me tell you something. I've taught you to revere the church and to revere God. But when you go to these black preachers, remember this one thing. He said, trust a bootlegger before you trust a black preacher. Hmm. He said, believe me, they're the worst people walking the face of this earth. And I'm going to tell you, I have found it out to be true. They know they weren't sent by God. They know it. Just read something in the Washington Post the other day about this black preacher up in, um, in, in south of New York. These guys came in and robbed him while he was yes, preaching. So a million dollars worth of jury off him and his wife. A million dollars worth of jury. Right. He, he, ride, he's, he rides around in New York City in his Rolls Royce. You know, black people, the poorest people in the industrialized world. Uh, the, uh, uh, and, and, and something else I want to tell you about. Uh, if, you read, if you read the Moynihan Report, Moynihan told Lyndon Johnson in 1965 that the black family is going to be destroyed because of the welfare society has set up. Uh, he saw a trend happening, and he said we must use the federal government's money to put the black man back in charge of his family. Johnson asked him to take this to the civil rights community. Moynihan took this to Martin Luther King Jr. He and McGeorge Bundy met with the civil rights community, and McGeorge Bundy wrote, and this was uh, written in the book uh, Bearing the Cross by David Garrow. It won a Pulitzer Prize. He said it's a wonder Moynihan got out of that room alive. McGeorge Bundy was head of the Ford Foundation. He said they cursed him out. They called him a racist, called him everything. They said that marriage was like slavery. And they wanted to use that money to get the black woman out of marriage, not to put her into it. So they went to Lyndon Johnson and they demanded that instead of the man be in the house for welfare, that he be out of the house. So the man in-house clause was put in welfare. And Martin Luther King's hands were all, his fingerprints were on it. And in one generation, we went from 80% of black children being born in two-parent families to 80% being born out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. And it was because of the black pastors, because of the civil rights movement, the feminists in the civil rights movement, and they hadn't changed it since. Because in 1954, the communists in Moscow who had infiltrated the civil rights movement gave their people absolute instruction. This was written in Taylor Branch's book. Um, American the King years, parting of waters. He said they gave them instructions to turn the black community into a replica of the communist bloc. Look at us now. Hmm. Dictator worship. One party rule. Party. Uh, uh, poverty. Substance abuse. We look just like the Soviet Union before it collapsed. They've accomplished everything they wanted. And right now, the Black Caucus, because you remember when they all went to see Castro, right, over in Cuba? Jim Clyburn and his crew? Hmm. They did it twice. They've always had this thing for communists, yeah. and they built this Marxist utopia in the black community and set it aside f- from the rest of America. It is time for us to wake up and understand these people are our enemy. They are no- we no longer have policy disagreements with the Democratic Party. It is an evil institution. All they do is meditate on blood, 
And when we decide that they're evil, we know it's time to take them down. Last sponsor for the day is Birch Gold. You know what's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the mark and has absolutely no idea what she's doing. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices. Who could have thunk it? And supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, and yet a lot of people did. So her ignorance is not really an excuse. You know who understood the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to do the same thing. All you have to do is text Allie to 989-898. Get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. That's Allie to 989-898 to get your free info kit. Allie to 989-898. I was thinking the other day as I was reading, I think in the book of Titus, about how God is a God of order. He orders the church. He ordered the world through creation. And one thing that you never see is him being an agent of chaos and lawlessness. Actually, we find throughout scripture that he hates chaos. He hates lawlessness. He hates disorder. And when I think about this movement of progressivism, leftism, whatever you want to call it, whatever has infected the Democrat Party, that is what it is perpetuating. That is what it is pushing, disorder, whether it comes to gender, whether it comes to sex and marriage and relationships, the order of authority of the church and the state and the family. Everything is subverted. Everything is inverted in a way and everything is disordered. And that is why we are seeing the kind of moral chaos that we're seeing, the kind of lawless anarchy that we're seeing. And I think you're right. This does play right into the hands of our foreign enemies who really want to see America and the West destroyed. Of course, of course. Abraham Lincoln said that they'll never be able to invade America, that America will either be uh, uh, a country of free men or will destroy each other by suicide. And we are doing that. Listen, uh, 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 you're right. Wherever uh, chaos rules, the devil reigns. Uh, he, is, mm -hmm. he is the master of disorder. Go mm -hmm. into any black ghetto and look at the disorder. Uh, 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 litter, uh, drugs, fighting, you know, uh, it's, it's, it, and, and, and they look at it as a utopia. They never try to change a the thing. They want to defund the police with all of this crime down in the black community, defund the police, make it worse. They see these schools not educating these children. They know it. They have the same data you and I have, but what is, what is their plan? Let's give them more money, not make them more accountable, not change a the thing. They fight against charters. They fight against school choice. The NAACP put out a white paper saying they want all charter schools outlawed in America. They fight against, they fight against school vouchers. They have tried to infiltrate the Christian schools and universities. Uh, they went to the Supreme Court last year saying that uh, 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 they want to make sure that gay and lesbian teachers can teach at Catholic schools and Christian schools. These people see what's going on. They've looked at the, the statistics, and they have seen that for the last seven years, the population of the United States of America has been dwindling. We are now at a negative rate of population growth for the first time in our nation's history because of abortion, because of the destruction of the family. They have taken the childbearing ages of like maybe between 18 and 35, right? And now 20% of those children see themselves as LGBTQ when in my generation only about 1% or 2% saw it. 
Mm-hmm. So you've taken 20% of the child ring age and you put them in a position where they can't have children. Mm. And now America is dying. They see these statistics and they get mad when we say we don't want to abort the children. These people are marching to murder children who've not even been born yet. Yeah. This is a sickness. Now, when Abraham Lincoln called slavery evil, we destroyed it. Mm-hmm. When Churchill and Roosevelt called Nazism evil, we destroyed it. When Ronald Reagan called the Soviet Union evil, we destroyed them. We right now no longer have policy disagreements with the Democrat Party. They have told us who they are. For a long time, they lied about wanting to abort children up to the ninth month. They admit to it now. For a long time, they lied about gay marriage. They admit to it now. For a long time, they lied about trying to groom children into an LGBTQ lifestyle. They admit to it now. For a long time, they lied about trying to take over Christian universities and, and churches and, 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 and a synagogue. They admit to it now. We know who they are. We know who the enemy is. We need to stop acting like they are just another party that is part of the American political system. We have to call them an evil institution that needs to be either completely destroyed or completely changed. One or the other. This will be the fourth time that we've had to destroy the Democrat Party to save America. We had to do it in the Civil War. We had to do it during Jim Crow. We had to do it during, during, during all of these, these uh, during, the, during, during the times when they had the Ku Klux Klan and, and uh, 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 the Red Shirts during, during, uh, during, during the time of uh, Reconstruction. And now we got to take them on again because now they're killing, they're trying to kill more children that are being born. They're trying to destroy the family and they're trying to destroy God and they're trying to destroy the borders. They're trying to destroy our economy. They're trying to take away our right to keep and bear arms, which means they will destroy the United States of America. They look at the stats. They know what they're doing. This is all a plan. And unless we wake up and understand it, they are going to accomplish their plan. And then they're going to try to come and kill us all. And this is not overstating it. These are evil people. They are evil. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that you could look at historical precedent and say that the movement of communism has always been a murderous one. If you look at Mao's Cultural Revolution, which I think that we share a lot of similarities to that, like when you're looking at struggle sessions, people who dissented, being shamed and tortured publicly until they acquiesced and apologized and agreed with the regime, we see that in a variety of forms in the public square today. And uh, I do think that they kind of glorify the Chinese revolution that happened in the 20th century, which, of course, that and the Great Leap Forward led to the deaths of tens of millions of people. I do see that certainly through a lot of this climate activism, the suggestions that we're going to do away with meat, that they're going to confiscate people's farmlands, which is happening in the Netherlands right now. I mean, we saw them take away people's economic livelihoods uh, during COVID. So I actually don't think that it is a leap what you're saying that at least you could say that these progressive policies that they're going to put in place, whether it's the sake for the sake of equity, they say, which is what, you know, uh, allowing criminals back into the streets is done under the guise of of that or whether it's climate change policy or whether it's their economic policy. I mean, you are looking at devastation and death in a lot of different ways, unfortunately. Yes. And they know that they're going to have to cause pain. This is why the gas prices and the recession doesn't matter to them. They will tell you, you cannot have a revolution in the feather bed. It's going to cause pain. And mm-hmm. their job is to cause that pain. Castro did it in Cuba. Lenin did it in Russia. 
Mao did it in communist China. As you know, they're doing it in Venezuela. They don't mind causing the pain. They want to cause the pain. When you read Trotsky and when you read Stalin, they talk about terror. They talk about doing revolution through terror. Uh, uh, che Guevara, uh, Castro, all of them read these books. And they would go into countries and start revolution. As a matter of fact, that's one of the problems with Cuba. Every dime they get, they're trying to foment revolution somewhere down in, uh, in, in, in South America. And then they want to bring it up to America. It is a worldwide conspiracy. They are dead enders. They never stop. They have their crew here in America that they are using to get it done. They have infiltrated our, our government. They've always been there. And the media covers for them. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 they will not tell you the truth about it. They tried to cover for the Rosenbergs for years until uh, Glasnost came out and told us, yes, they were spies. They try to cover and make, make Fidel Castro look like he's some type of swashbuckling hero and Che Guevara t-shirts here in America. You know, uh, 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 you had the Black Panthers uh, 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 selling the Red Book uh, uh, down at Berkeley inside of California, and they end up being nothing but a bunch of dope dealing hustlers and, 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 and selling poison on the streets to black people in Oakland. You know, every time you look at one of these black organizations, whether it be the Black Gorilla Family, whether it be the Crips and the Bloods, whether it be the Black Panthers, whether it be any of them, you'll find out there was a Marxist communist connection to them. Hmm. And they took their money and they came to America and they tried to burn it down. Look at Black Lives Matter. They will tell you they're Marxist. They don't lie about it. Oh, yeah. And they have set this country on fire. Mm -hmm. they were, and then black churches uh, and, and black liberation theology is a Marxist concept. Mm -hmm. And you and I both know that if Marxism is carried out to its end, what does it do? It destroys the church. Yeah. It destroys Christianity. And these idiots are supporting it. Yeah. Seeing black preachers with a Black Lives Matter t-shirt on. He said, idiot, don't you know that Black Lives Matter get their way? They're going to cut your head off with a guillotine. Yep. They yep. don't know it. That's Marxism. And what we have to do is stop pretending that it's not. Stop pretending that the Black Caucus has any legitimacy in America at all. That black politicians or black preachers or black civic organizations that side with the Democratic Party have to be called out for what they are. They are anti-American. They are revolutionary. And they seek to destroy this nation and kill millions in the process. Hmm. And we have to look at them as enemies of the state. I read something in Taylor Branch's book that blew my mind. He said that um, John F. Kennedy called Martin Luther King Jr. to the White House, told him that he had communists in his group. He said, you got Stanley Levinson, number one communist in America, Brad Rustin, he's a communist. And the guy that's running your organization, the executive director, Jack O'Dell, he's a communist. They need to go. Because if you fall, my administration falls. King said he would do it. Jagger Hoover didn't believe him and followed him. They had this meeting in Dorchester. Jagger Hoover had, had cameras there. And he said the king had so many communists and spies there that, that, that the meeting should have been held at Times Square. I mean, not Times Square, Red Square. He said that they took this back to, to uh, Bobby Kennedy. And this is when that, that necessitated all the wiretaps that followed him around and found him in all of his orgies and whatnot. Well, here's the most amazing thing about it. After so many of these communists were found, and King was warned so many times about these guys, the FBI got together and they said, they, they, they said that we are no longer going to warn him anymore. And they, and this is what Taylor Branch said, they deemed King an enemy of the state, an enemy of the United States of America, and said, which meant that if somebody came and sought to kill him, they would not warn him. Something wow. that they would give to the mafia dons that they refused to give to Martin Luther King Jr. And that's how James R. Ray got joined. He was so connected to the communists in Moscow. Whether King was a communist or not, I cannot say. I'm telling you what I've read. 
I was four years old when Martin Luther King died. Never met him. Don't know him. But when I read the books of, 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 of Garrow, when I read the books of Taylor Branch, when I hear what a lot of the other politicians during that time from Bobby Kennedy and John Kennedy said about him, and then I look at the condition of black people, I have to ask the question. Hmm. Hmm. That's really interesting. Do you think that Republicans and conservatives in general are doing enough to expose what you're talking about, but also counter the movement of progressivism and the Democrat Party? No. Uh, in 1992, Lee Atwater made a deal with the Black Caucus. And uh, he looked at the map and said that we need to get more Republicans in. So he made the deal with the Black Caucus and said, if you guys vote on our redistricting map, we'll, we guarantee you that we will give you, we will double your, your, your black districts in the Congress and in the, state, and, and in the state houses in the South. He also said, and we also promise you that we will not run, we will not fund any Republican that runs against you in the future. This is 1992. The Democrats signed off on, 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 on their, their, their redistricting plan. In 1994, Newt Gingrich and the Republicans took over the House of Representatives. Uh, since that time, I think uh, the Democrats only had it eight years, and we've had it the rest of the time. Now, what did that do? This is politics, right? They, they, they have written off the black vote. I don't care if the person's black or white. If they're running against a black, if, they're running, if they are running in a Democrat-controlled, uh, majority black district, they get no help. So for the last 30 years, uh, black people have not heard anything about the Republican Party mm. except for what the Democrats want to tell them about the Republican Party. And if you read Abraham Lincoln's Cooper Union address, he said the same thing. They, he, he accused the Democrats of lying when they said that uh, the Republicans were trying to foment some type of slave rebellion. He said that um, we... The only thing that your slaves know about the Republican Party is what you say about us in our absence. He said, we couldn't get a slave rebellion started in the South because they love their masters too much. And this is the same thing going on now. And one of the reasons black people vote for the Democratic Party in such large numbers is Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, the Democrats have been in control of the black community uh, for the last 220 years. They had them enslaved. They beat them during Jim Crow. They, 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 they hung them from trees. They castrated them. They raped their women and they let it be known. If you voted Democrat or if you voted Republican, I'm sorry, we will kill you dead. So in 1960, when black people finally got the right to vote, many thought they were going to vote for the Republican Party. No, they did not. They voted straight Democrat because of cognitive dissonance and Stockholm Syndrome. And this is not a condemnation. This is an explanation. Nobody on the conservative side or the Republican side has ever gone to the black community and really spent a whole lot of time and a lot of money explaining to them exactly what the Republican Party stands for. Right now, you have people in, in the black community that are mostly apathetic and miseducated. But then you've got three other parts of this Democrat coalition that exist. And these are the evil. These are the insane. And these are the, the, the crazy people, man. They just, it's nothing you can do for them. You know, the stupid people, the insane people, and, 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 and the evil people um, have to just be defeated. So we can deal with the apathetic hmm. and we can deal with the miseducated. You can get them started. But when you deal with the insane, when, when you deal with the crazy people, when you deal with the, the evil people, that's a whole nother matter. You have to prepare yourself with guns, with, 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 with institutions and with the word of God. 
to protect yourself against them. Well, thank you so much for your insight. I appreciate your clarity and your knowledge on this subject so much. Can you tell people where they can buy your book, 25 Lies, and where they can follow you? Well, you just go on Amazon.com. Go online. It's, it's at many of the bookstores also, but you can go to um, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and you can get 25 Lies. Please read this book. It's easy to read. Each chapter is no more than 10 uh, pages. Some are like maybe three to four, but it, it can be used as a handbook. Mm. Um, uh, these 25 lies. One is uh, you will be you will be held accountable for for your vote. God is going to hold you accountable. Another is about you know the the lie that guns are bad. Uh, another lie is that school choice is bad. Uh, another lie is that the civil rights movement helped blacks. Another lie is that Brown versus Board of Education helped blacks. Another lie is that Democrats uh, don't want segregation. It explains so much about how Democrats lie, how they get away with it how they post black and white Christians against one another, because they know if black and white Christians who believe on 99% of everything, if Mm -hmm. we ever get together, if we ever start talking, they're done. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. I really hope people go out and buy your book. We'll link it in the description of this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. You are an absolute pro and I enjoy watching you. Thank you very much.